0: Too loud, guys. Too loud, guys. Hello, and welcome to Too Loud, guys, your premier music discussion podcast with me, Mr. Dan corn And me,
1: Corey Gardner. <clears throat> We're going to talk about some What's things. up, everybody? They can't answer that.
0: No. It, it was a rhetorical question. Good one, bro. <laughs> Huzzah! Yeah. I'm eating a fruit salad. <laughs> It's great. There's some fucking strawberries, and some mango, and some watermelon, and some blueberry. It looks delicious. You could have had some. I didn't want any. You could have been a contender. (laughs) I'm (laughs) glad. I'm just going to talk with my mouth full for a
1: sec. Okay. So yeah, how's your week been, man? It's been pretty good. I've been enjoying having a week off.
0: Oh yeah. I have to go back to
1: work tomorrow, which sucks. Well, I'm sure it's okay. Yeah, it's okay.
0: It doesn't suck. It's just
1: I've gotten so you like, I've already gotten in the groove of, like, just kind of summer chilling and stuff. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, you we, know, you're- It's weird to go back
0: now. Your time will come.
1: Yeah, exactly. Once you're done. It's true. Yeah.
0: How have you been? Good, man. I mean, I'm fine. <laughs> good might be pushing it. Nah, good. Nah, I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Yeah. No complaints. Just doing school. Yeah. doing uh i don't know doing Dallas what does that mean Debbie does Dallas right doing Dallas like Debbie <laughs> exactly it should be rap line you should make it one i should not gonna <laughs> anyways so uh yeah sir, i started started my cover band Sweet. with the uh, with one of the guitars of formalists how's that was pretty good we're looking for a singer what are you playing um some things i am going to do it later cuz mm-hmm. actually Something that I'm going to talk about is, is relevant to that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what else interesting happened? Nothing. I had a show a couple days ago. Pretty good. Where was that? The I? Formalists. Oh, yeah. And on Saturday, we yeah. were playing with uh, the Jessica Stewart Few and Benefit of a Free Man, who are both like pretty excellent. Cool. Yeah. So that was good. And that's all I got. That was like the most uninteresting week, maybe ever. <laughs> um, Don't put up my headphones, man. You're going to break them. See, you already... Where, where did the thing go from Oh, this? I thought
1: it was already off.
0: No. It wasn't. <laughs> you asshole. Well,
1: what the hell, man? Where did it go? I don't know.
0: You fucking... Some, you did something to it. <laughs> We're having technical difficulties. Yeah. Well... i we'll have to excuse us for a moment. <laughs> Okay, we'll look for it later. But stop playing with my fucking headphones, you asshole. Now I might not have headphones. Dude, are you to use. sure
1: that it wasn't already off of there?
0: I mean. Because it doesn't
1: just disappear.
0: Yeah, I don't. Oh, wait, is it in my pocket? It's in my pocket. What an it's idiot! It's in my pocket, everyone. <coughs> oh, what Don't a jerk. freak out, oh, guys. Look at
1: this shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my
0: <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, that's a good time to start talking about music, I think. <laughs> what are you listening to to, man? Oh, you know, a little bit
1: of this, a little bit of that. You can do it, or you can do that. Exactly, bro. <clears throat> um, Today I listened to... Only like the first half, but I listened to a bit of Neil Young and Crazy Horse's new album, Americano. Oh yeah, how's that? It's actually pretty cool. It sounds, uh... You know, it sounds like Crazy Horse, which is nice. Like, it sounds a lot like the kind of late 70s, like, really, like, ragged-sounding guitar rock kind of sound. But, you know, it's them covering, like, a lot of, like, folk songs and stuff, so it has a really kind of unique vibe because of that. Is it all covers? I forget. Yeah, it's all covers. It's all
0: Americana covers. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay.
1: Cool. Yeah, it was a little boring, but I was still kind of enjoying it. Right on. It's, you know, Neil Young is just such a, such an authentic kind of artist. Like, the fact that he's as old as he is, and he's still kind of being, like, uncompromising about what he wants to do. Yeah. And, like, coming off as being genuine about it is really
0: cool. Yeah. Young has stayed remarkably relevant. Yeah. Though I do think all of this, like, music, uh, like, the the music file kind of stuff has been a little bit crazy. No. That's his ambitions. I guess. He's, He's just going about it in a bit of a crazy way.
1: Maybe. I don't really know too much about it, I guess.
0: We talked about it on the show. Yeah.
1: It didn't seem that crazy to me. I don't know. Maybe a little. Anyways. What have you been listening to? Well, since
0: we're on the... I mean, I'm sure you have more. But since we're on the subject of, um, like, old bands making new things... Uh, did you listen to the new Aerosmith track? Aerosmith yes, track.
1: I thought it was okay. Oh, it was so bad. No, man, it
0: sounds like Aerosmith.
1: No, it's terrible. It sounds like Aerosmith. It was worse than new Van Halen. It was really. Bad. Oh, that's
0: funny because I listened to it and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is way better than new Van Halen." <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> no,
1: I thought it was terrible. I thought it was really like bland and poppy, and 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 it was the kind of like just annoying. Kind of pandering, like you know, classic hard rock band just trying to make a classic hard rock song. Well, yeah, it just comes off
0: really. I weak. mean, I don't think it came off as really. Like, I, I think it sounded a lot like Aerosmith. Like it sounds like yeah. the sound I associate with Aerosmith Maybe in the seventies, so, but like, not even like seventies Aerosmith. I think it was totally okay. Not sucked. Anyways, that song's called Legendary Child. I was, uh, I was actually, I was pretty surprised. I was, pleas- I was pleasantly surprised by hmm. it. I was. Uh, I thought it was gonna be horrible. I'm like, surprised. I, I prefaced I'm it. I felt pre- like uh, I, I, we, I listened to it today, and Jordan mm-hmm. and, and Joseph were over, and, I, and we were listening to something, and I was like, "Oh, there's a new Earthbound track. Okay, guys, I'm gonna to listen to this new Aerospace track because I want to talk about it later." So sorry. And then we put it on, and we all sort of agreed that it was okay. Mm. That sucked. All right. Well, they're
1: washed up and
0: shitty. Fuck them. All right. Well, speaking of guys who are not washed up and shitty. Uh, I listened, to, I had to review Iggy Pop's newest album, nice. A Prey. How was that? Did you read my review of it? No. I you didn't asshole. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, put it, on, put it on Facebook. I didn't see it there. Come oh, on, bro. read your reviews, Look bro. at my Facebook every day to see if I have <laughs> new reviews. <laughs> um, it's kind of cool, yeah. Sweet. So do you know what the deal is with it? Yeah, he's like French covers. That's the, what he said. It's total bullshit. Huh. It's... There, I mean, it's ten tracks, and four of the songs are covers of French songs. Hmm. And then the rest of them are, like, other covers. Like, there's, he covers, uh, Yoko Ono, and the Beatles, and, like, some classic folk guys. Cool. He does Only the Lonely. So it's just a cover album rather than yeah. a French cover and album. And, you know, he, yeah, he does have four songs on there that are in French. Hmm. But that's it. Cool. Um, he's good, though. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, like... Is that, it it. like, kind of standard rock instrumentation? No, like, it's fun. very, like, jazzy. Sweet. That's kind of what I expected. Kind of, like, dark and moody and jazzy. Did you listen to his last one that came out? Which one? What was that called? Preliminaire. No, I didn't listen to that either. So that one was also, like, that one was a lot more French than this one. is. like, that one was all original songs, but they were all sung in French. Hmm. I haven't listened to that one either. But I feel like this one sounds a lot like that one. Hmm. Um. So, yeah, it's just, like, this is, like, dark, moody kind of jazz thing. And uh, yeah, and he's got a really good voice for that kind of stuff, like, like yeah. shockingly so. Like his his voice is like really like deep and rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really Bob's good. A
1: great vocalist.
0: He's always yeah. had that
1: kind of like sinister, expressive voice. Yeah, definitely. But you know,
0: it's always kind of high pitched just because, or not, not necessarily, not like, not noticeably high pitched But it, you know, it's got sort of like a normal timbre. You wouldn't expect it to be like the baritone that he that he sort of is on this album. Hmm. He makes a very good crooner.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, I
1: feel like that's something he kind of developed a lot in his solo career. Like a song like, uh, you know, uh, The Passenger and yeah. Nightclubbing and all those kinds of They're sort of like David Bowie stuff. Exactly. Is a it's a little darker. Yeah.
0: Definitely. And he uses his lower registers. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I like it. You pop a lot. I yeah. Have- He's a cool dude. I feel like I need to delve into his stuff more. I actually listened to Funhouse very briefly. Yeah, didn't listen to the whole thing. I thought it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's super cool.
0: It's cool because of the time yeah. that it came out in. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't love it from what I listened you can't to. Get it so much heavier than the Stooges. I was listening. I was listening to it like pretty passively, mm-hmm. so I didn't really get it. Yeah, enough, you know. But
1: yeah, you kind of need to really listen to the Stooges. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just rock.
0: Yeah, exactly. In the background. Um yeah all right
1: what else you got um i listened to another album today i listened uh for the because fr- you know, every now and then i end up listening to another f- like front to back rush album mm-hmm. i did that again today with uh permanent waves ah that was a good album the first two songs are the best part
0: Um, which is Spirit of Radio and Free Will. The last track on that is Natural Science, right? Yeah. I like Natural Science. Yeah, that's a
1: really cool track. I I think it's an interesting album because it's very poppy and synthy and stuff, but it still doesn't really abandon their more kind of like epic kind of Like it's still got like,
0: you know, Natural Science is nine minutes long, and Jacob's Ladder is like seven or eight. Yeah, and
1: they just feel really kind of like proggy and mystical and stuff. I was never big on Free Will, to be honest. I don't love Free Will either, but it's a good song. Yeah. It's a good it's, single. Yeah, I agree. It's no Spirit of Radio. No. But... Certainly not. Yeah, I mostly just put that album on because I wanted to listen to Spirit of Radio, and I just kind of wound up listening to the whole thing. Cool.
0: Ah, that's a great album. That's, like, one of my favorite record albums. Hemispheres remains my favorite. All right. Understandable. To this, to this point. Sure. I just love... <coughs> yeah, Natural Science, when they play it live, they take out the awesome guitar solo. That's another thing about that album
1: that's really cool. The guitar solos, I mean, Alex Lifeson always delivers, but on right. that album, they sound really distinctly like metal solos.
0: Yeah, sort of. It's really cool. Yeah, they're pretty, like, shreddy.
1: Yeah, and, like, amidst all the kind of, like, poppier elements of that album, that's really cool
0: mm-hmm. and effective. I mean, that album's really, like like, his guitar tone, like, that's the point where he becomes, like, like, maybe not that album specifically, but that's sort of... A very distinctly, like, oh, this is Alex Lifeson playing guitar. Yeah. Kind of, kind of album. Like, just, like, in the solos and in the tones. hmm That was sort of where they got, like, their, their, like, tone. Like, their recording tone, I feel, was sort of cemented on Permanent Waves. Yeah. It took them, like, a really long time to find that. hmm And I feel like Permanent Waves is where they do sort That's
1: of... That's definitely where they streamline their sound.
0: Yeah. That's a good album. You got anything else?
1: Um, like, maybe one or two more things, so you may as well go on a few things.
0: Alright. Um, nom nom nom, 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 I listened to Regina Spektor's new album, because oh, it's nice. streaming How right now. It? It's awesome. Sweet. Yeah, so what we saw from the cheap seats. I don't think it's out yet. I think mm. it's just streaming. But, uh, it's awesome. Like, it's, like...
1: Yeah, I've been I've been interested in listening to it.
0: It's, you know, it's, like, like most Regina Spector albums, like, it's, like, very personal and, like, very weird. You know, mm. like, you know, she puts on a lot of accents and, like... Right, makes drumming noises with her mouth and, and She's like adorable. just yeah, just does like really like whimsical kind of crazy things, mm-hmm. and it's like a lot of fun to listen to, and it's like really, uh, it's really like emotional and profound and versatile, like like very diverse. I think it's better. I think it's better than far. I mean, actually, I haven't listened to far, but it's better than Begin Hope. I think. Cool. Uh, it's probably her best album next to like Soviet Kitsch. Though I haven't listened, to, she has albums before Soviet Kitsch, right? Yeah, that was like a third or fourth album. And you've heard those
1: albums? I've heard her first album and I've heard Begin to Hope, but I never really got into Soviet Kitsch. All right, and on. those are the only things I've heard by her.
0: Soviet Kitsch took me a while, but I got like pretty into that album pretty heavily um, for a little while there. It was like one of those things where there was like a week or two where I was kind of like just listening to it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like those weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. they're excited good excited over something and, like, yeah it doesn't happen it all it doesn't happen it. all that often you know yeah exactly uh, yeah I can't even I mean I guess the Jack White album I was listening to pretty consistently hmm. when it came out but that's that phase is over now yeah yeah um, listen to Pet Sounds again nice and the thing that I noticed about Pet Sounds I talked I told this to you yesterday yeah right? let's, let's pretend again. you didn't though <laughs> well we already broke that illusion yeah you're right Um, (laughs) is that, like, Pet Sounds sounds, like, Pet Sounds is the most influential album on rock music ever.
1: On pop music?
0: Yeah, on, like, pop slash rock music. Like, I feel like you can just sort of, like, feel its influence everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, like, its song structures, just in the way it sounds, and sort of the way it's, like, Sort of light, but also like deals with darker themes. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm just like so good.
1: I mean, I think the problem with calling it the most influential album to me is that it's impossible to separate it from Revolver, which came out, you know, earlier, mm. if I'm not
0: mistaken. I guess. But it's like I will listen to thi- like when I listen to Pet Sounds, I like went like, oh, this sounds like this, and this sound like every song and every like section of every song, I was just going like, oh wow. You know, people mm-hmm. have been doing this a lot of times since that album came out. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel
1: like that, that sort of like a whole eternity is sort of like the period where, you know, the Beatles released Revolver and, you know, Beach Boys released Pet Sounds as a kind of, you know, response. And then as a response to that, the Beatles released Sgt. Peppers. And that's kind of like those three represent a really influential point and a real kind of turning point in pop and rock music. I don't think Sgt. Pepper's is that influential. Man, Sgt. Pepper's is huge because they brought in all those kind of like dance, you know, British dance hall elements and like a lot of like weird, more theatrical flourishes that weren't really in pop music before that album.
0: Except for Pet Sounds.
1: To a much smaller degree. It was there on Pet Sounds, but with very different intention, I think. How do you figure? Well, you know, Pet Sounds was a very carefully constructed and, you know, it was all about the kind of flow and the moods, but Sgt. Pepper's is a lot more jarring and is a lot more about yeah. kind of all these different things going on and it, it creates a very different kind of ambience that, to me, I guess, has a lot more in common with a lot of, you know, modern indie bands and stuff. Like, they, because the Beatles took the kind of you know, lush orchestration
0: of Pet Sounds to that other and, I guess, much more British kind of level. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I feel like in a lot of, I guess in a lot of American music, you, you, f- you feel a lot of, like, Pet Sounds influence. Yeah. Like, especially yeah. even, like, it's weirdly influential on, like, punk music.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: just between, like, you know, Bond, the Music, like, Vacation has so many parts on it that just sound like Pet Sounds and uh, you know fucked up or selling t-shirts that are the Pet Sounds album cover but with Mm -hmm. like the people replaced and stuff like it just I I find like its influence is often felt in like weird places Um, and that sort of makes it extremely influential other than like the more obvious influences it has on things on like just like basic pop music Mm -hmm. I feel like its influences go like farther than that into weirder directions perhaps yeah Uh, I mean, I
1: guess it's also this interesting thing where the Beatles are kind of... They get all the do, and the Beast Boy is really... Their legacy is really just kind of starting to catch up with them now. Yeah, a little bit. You know, where they're starting to be seen as more than just a kind of, you know, top 40, like, surf group.
0: I mean, I think... Nice
1: pop songs. the, The
0: influence of Pet Sounds has not been understated.
1: No, but I guess it's just not being... Recognized as widely as definitely. the Beatles, yeah, you know, definitely, as Sgt. Peppers or even Revolver, yeah,
0: which is understandable because, like, the Beatles wrote really catchy songs. Oh, sure, and the I'm Beach not, Boys I'm did too, to but get not get as many. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oops. I I, may, I think I feel like it maybe is the American thing. Like, the Beach Boys, as weird of an album as, as Pet Sounds, oh, pardon me, that was gross, <laughs> as weird of an album as Pet Sounds is. It's kind of like. It's not as weird as some of the shit that the Beatles pulled.
1: Oh, for sure. And you it's know? not as weird as Smile. Yeah. I mean, I've never really thought of Pet Sounds as a very weird album. It's actually very kind of, you know, easy. In a way it's in a weird sense.
0: for the time, though. And in, like, you know, it, juxtap- it juxtaposes a lot. Like, there's a lot of disconnect between its lyrics and its music. Yeah, a yeah. Lot of the time. I think that
1: that fact is definitely something that's a bit weird about it. Mm
0: hmm. Um, did you listen to Rise of the Phoenix? No. Why not? I forgot. You asshole. I even told you a couple days ago, I was like, so I listened to Rise of the Phoenix. Hmm,
1: they didn't register.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Alright, well, all I listened to Rise of the Phoenix, as requested. Because I'm not going to disappoint all of our fans. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that album's okay. Yeah. It, uh... The problem with it, like musically, it's kind of cool. Like they do some pretty neat things. There's like some really cool riffs on it, mm. and just like some good stuff. But it's just like not that funny. Yeah, it it's, didn't it's seem sort like of more lowbrow. Yeah, and no one's saying that Tenacious D are like high art or anything. Of course. But they always had like a, a sort of a cleverness. Yeah, a cleverness and like a really good sense of delivery, especially like yeah. their comedic delivery is a big part. And just like, it was very. It was very, like, it was very absurd. Mm-hmm. And this one is just sort of, like, lowbrow sex jokes a lot of the time. Kind of like a parody of a parody? Almost. It's weird. I mean, I was talking about, like, ma- writing a thesis about Tenacious D, which right. I can't do because it doesn't make sense to my program. But there's just, like, so many... The way Tenacious D's career and the way, like, Tenacious D... Tenacious D's sort of story goes throughout their albums is so crazy... Cause on the first Tenacious D album, like the personality of the band Tenacious D is that they're like this band that think they're pretty much the greatest band ever, mm-hmm. but no one really knows who they are. Mm-hmm. But they are just sort of like this like really diluted band, or they're in a universe where they actually are the shit. Right. And like these two fat guys are like totally. That's amazing. how I heard about their first album because it's like. On the TV show, they're those guys who yeah. think they're the best, but nobody likes them. But on the album, they actually become the best. I fans. guess, because they have, like, a band <laughs> yeah. behind them, and, and it's definitely it's definitely bigger. Um, but then, and then on, like... Then Pick of Destiny brings in this whole, like, mythological element to, like, the fact that they are, like, literally endowed with magic. <laughs> and then... But then this album is weird, because those albums are sort of within their own, like, universe of, like a universe where Tenacious D exists and is not a parody band, but are a real band. Hmm. Like, as opposed to the real world, where they are very obviously, like, a band that parodies rock and roll, even though they are still a good, like, a great rock and roll band. Mm -hmm. But Rise of the Phoenix actually, like, um, notes the fact that they are a band in the real world, and the fact that, like, the band is made up of this actor who has, like, who is, like, really famous. Right. And this, like, no, other guy I guess who isn't. did
1: the kind of, uh, you know, like, the promotional video for, for whichever yeah, song it was. Yeah, for, um... They clearly, like, mm, yeah. so Jack Back is a, is a big actor and stuff. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's just, like, really interesting the way they've sort of changed what the personality of that band is mm-hmm. and the way that has developed. And I think it gives, like, a lot of layers to their commentary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I feel like I can write a pretty good thesis about Tenacious D. But anyways, the album is like... So it's really short, but most of the songs are not that funny, which is the problem. It's like, ah, it's like so, so close. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, like, I don't, I'm not even mad about it though, because like, I'm just, I'm happy that there's more Tenacious D. Yeah. I think Tenacious D are like, a, just like a funny, cool band. Yeah, and I think it's We cool all that. do. I think it's good that they're out there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't feel like I'm disappointed even necessarily. Mm. And there's some really good, like, Rise of the Phoenix, the song, fucking rips. Death Star is pretty cool. The other interesting thing that's happened on the album is that they've actually, like, it's like, because they've parodied sort of the base rock and roll, a lot of the songs sort of are about, like, the fringes of rock and roll. Like, it's like, this song is, like, Spanish rock. This song is kind of like spacey prog rock. I think, in a way, that was
1: part of why I wasn't really enjoying it because it sort of took away their musical personality a bit.
0: Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I think I just think it's an interesting development. Like, mm-hmm. I agree. I it's not an album that I love. I probably like Pick of Destiny even better than better than I like Rise of the Phoenix. Yeah, but it's it's kind of interesting. Like again, it's like the way they developed into like you know they're a pretty. On the first album, they are, like, a funny, hard rock band. Mm-hmm. And they're very much about parodying, like, 70s and 80s hard rock and metal. Mm-hmm. Then on Pick of Destiny, they sort of go into, like, a proggy direction because it's, like, this whole big, grandiose plot and everything. And it sort of gets heavier into, like, metal. Yeah. And then, but then it's, it's like, really interesting that in this, like, there's, there's a certain aspect of mm-hmm. Tenacious D where they've actually reached a point where, with Rise of the Phoenix, they've parodied, like, every aspect of rock and roll. Which I think is pretty interesting, because it's, like, a really big genre with a lot of different subgenres and, like, a lot of different points and stuff. They haven't done a punk song. No, they haven't. You're right. But, uh, I don't know. It, it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, it ends with, like, this, like, kind of country ballad. Um, yeah, as I said, there's, like, Spanish rock and just, like... And just, like, prog and shit. What's... Are you, like, fucking... You look, like, really tired today. I'm a little tired. You're, like, not active at all.
1: No, I am. I'm engaged. I'm being an engaged listener. All right. You bastard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And then there's, like, To Be The Best, which is, like, shitty 80s rock. Right. So they sort of branch off into these different directions. Like like the band Europe. Yeah. Are they, like, Europe? Or are they, like, Asia? (laughs) It's, like, Europe. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know. I get it.
0: Yeah. You got the joke, though, right? (laughs) I got the joke. Great. So, yeah, uh, it's a little disappointing. But it's not. It's, like, there are at least three okay songs on it. Cool. I feel like you need to listen to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, eventually I will.
0: You really need to. I just, it's
1: one of those things where I need to... You know, it needs to just come to me at the right time, rather than me forcing myself to listen
0: to it because I'm not going to enjoy it. I think you should listen to it for next week. That's what I think. Uh,
1: perhaps, perhaps.
0: Keep the keep the conversation going.
1: Yeah, perhaps, or maybe it'll just make it come back in five months.
0: Maybe then that'll be fucking irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got? What do you What do you have to talk about? You need to talk about things.
1: <clears throat> um. Well, there's some, um, there's some more new tracks out there, uh, so speaking of Aerosmith and their crappy new track, there's another hard rock band, uh, Ugly Kid Joe, and they were a band who I always sort of liked in high school. Uh, they kind of, they appeared at the tail end of the kind of hair metal movement, so they're sort of, so they kind of wound up getting Didn't do it because they were making pop metal, you know, much mm. like Skid Row. But, uh, but they never really, they didn't have the style of air metal, they were much more kind of like very clearly trying to just be like snotty kids rather than, you know, like rock stars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, so they had this hit called I Hate Everything About You or something, which was, like, a... Wasn't fun, that a... Not the, not the, not the Three Days Grace song. <laughs> a much more pleasant song. I should hope so. And, uh... But then on their, like, next few albums, it kind of got progressively harder and groovier and, like, did some kind of cool stuff. And they haven't really released anything since 1995 when they made Motel California, which is an album I like a lot. It's a <laughs> it's good pretty title. funny name. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But, uh, so they released a new track, uh, because I guess they just reunited, and much like Aerosmith's track, it left a lot for me to be desired. It was just, like, it was really kind of bland, you know, and it it just sounded like they were trying really hard to sound, like, heavy and serious, and so it just kind of sounds dumb. It really doesn't work.
0: Are they, like, a band that people care about?
1: Um, no. They're a band that people who, you know listen to hard rock yeah. might care about. And did they
0: ever did they ever stop playing or have they just like, I'm pretty sort of sure they stopped
1: out. in the mid 90s They're reuniting. and now they're reuniting yeah. yeah. So that was another weak <laughs> hard rock track yeah. that I had to listen to. <laughs> um, and another track is uh, did you hear the new Childish Gambino track?
0: Maybe. When did it come out? Probably about a week ago. Ah. Uh forget. it was. I it, heard one recently.
1: Was it? Did it have a more kind of like somber mood, like the kind of stuff that was on camp?
0: No, I don't think so. I can't like, remember. It was more
1: of a like clubby, poppy kind of track. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, the
0: one where he says like, D-Money. No, not that one. Not oh, there's another one? Okay. Not the one that you hate.
1: Yeah. There's another I one. That.
0: I could be thinking of the one that you're thinking of, I just totally don't remember. Okay. Well, yeah, that was an okay
1: track because it brought back that more kind of conscious side of his and and like, you know, more kind of mellow and introspective. But, you know, based on the tracks he's released from the album so far, I'm pretty worried that it's going to feel too much like Camp Part 2, and not like Donald Glover tries to make a better piece of art.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, it you you've, uh, you've been pretty down on, on Gambino. Yeah, way since down. Since Camp came out. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. He's inconsistent.
1: Exactly, and that's the problem. Not uh, everyone. He has the talent to be consistent. It's like he's consciously that's choosing not, true. not to be. That's
0: not true, though. You can be a talented person and write great songs, but be totally inconsistent. Sure, sure. Just because you write one great batch of songs doesn't mean you're going to write another one. But the thing is, I feel like he knows what he's doing, and like, you know, he's choosing to make
1: these poppy, you know, rap tracks because they're fun for him, or whatever, and he likes to be able to play that asshole, and, you know, that's all well and good, but. There's just so much more depth underneath there that he's willingly kind of giving away by doing that type of material. Maybe,
0: but you know... He's Which doing... is what I liked about this new track. Yeah, he's also I like, he's like, do that. doing what he wants to do, you know? Sure, it's like...
1: but I But he is, you know, an artist can do what they want to do, and that's great, but that is up for us to scrutinize.
0: That's true, but at the same time, you know... It it's like it doesn't really matter, kind of. Like, it's kind of like... No, but then no criticism. He's going to release... Matters. Well, like, he's going to release it regardless, you know. Sure. And it's the question of would you rather... Would you rather listen to something that you like or would you rather listen to a person doing what they want to do? The first one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to listen to what I like. It, well, no, 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 but you, but you know what I mean. Like, it's like... It, of course I know you what you You know, know
1: what, what I, I mean. To... Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing, like you know, kisser band who uh, are all about giving the fans what they want and that's why they do the show the way they do today and like a lot of fans complain about that rightfully so that it's sort of pandering. You know, yeah. Yeah. And rather than trying to you know, spread out or whatever but but it's an interesting question because in the, in the, you know, in their mind it's kind of like fans pay money to come and see our show we need to give them you know, what they expect and what yeah. they want rather than like you know, kind of, you know, to them, and I think I kind of like this idea, it's kind of selfish for them to be doing stuff just because it's what they want to do, yeah. they're working for their fans and not for themselves, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that's kind of just a, you know, a shitty commercial way of looking at art, but I think it's really valid.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean it's definitely, it, it is definitely interesting, and it is definitely, like, selfless, Mm-hmm. Which is interesting how KISS can be kind of a selfless band, Yeah, they kind of are in that way. Like, yeah, because they are about yeah. their
1: fans, you know, even if it's all an Yeah, fan.
0: and they're kind of about their fans so that they can make more money. Exactly. But yeah. they are still about their fans, and I, and I wonder if that means, you know, if, if releasing something so that other people will like it is a viable strategy mm-hmm. for creating art. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, anyone who releases anything is hoping people will like it, or else they wouldn't be releasing it. Yeah,
1: but at the same time, there's you know. so many classic albums that sort of were about the artist doing whatever they wanted and not really caring about the result, and at the time, those albums usually got panned, but they get back to, you know, yeah. they, I look, mean, they look back That is true. I, I
0: just finished reading Eating a Dinosaur by Chuck Klosterman, mm-hmm. and he his, one of the first articles in there is about In Utero, and about, like... You know, Kurt Cobain saying that he does, you know, that he's like wants to make an album that no one will like. Right. And that's why it's so noisy and stuff. And saying that that's kind of bullshit because it's like, you know, a lot a lot of musicians and stuff will be like, "Yeah, man, I didn't make this for anyone. I made this for myself," and that kind of thing. And it's like, if you made it for yourself, why are you releasing it? Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a, it's a statement that gets made a lot by a lot of different artists. And yeah, I exactly. think it's pretty much always bullshit. Like, sure, you know, that doesn't make it any less artistic artistically credible by any means, you know, art, people, a lot of people enjoy art. Yeah. And a l- enjoy art made by other people, and that's not a problem at all, of course. Um, but, like, to say that you don't, that you actively, like, that you're making music only for yourself is a ridiculous statement to make, because mm-hmm. if that was the case, you wouldn't yeah. put it out to the public. And I guess, you know, with
1: a lot of those artists, they're kind of people who are working, for, uh, you know, the record labels and stuff. and they So they're kind of trying to create an image of, uh, you know, sincerity or credibility or whatever by telling their audiences that they did it for themselves, yeah. you know, and that yeah. it, it's still personal. And, you know, they didn't do it because it's what the record label told them to do or, you know, because they are getting pressured
0: from whatever direction. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, like, it's not personal. Right. You know, releasing it to the public doesn't mean that it's not a personal album but you're very clearly putting it out into the public. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I believe Kurt Cobain really was kind of genuine about the fact that,
1: you know, he didn't really want to be a pop star. And oh, the, yeah, he didn't. And he wanted to make stuff that wasn't accessible and yeah. kind of emulate his underground heroes. It almost seems like a mistake that Nirvana ever, you know, became successful at all, let alone the biggest band on the
0: planet. Yeah. I'm not saying it's untrue that right. he, you know... But I'm saying that, like, you know, by the time... By the time Nevermind came out, he must have been, like... Like, the, the solution of, I want to... Like, so Nevermind comes out and they get really big. And then, you know, the solution... And then he decides he doesn't want to be famous anymore. But the solution then isn't to make another album. The solution is just to, like, stop making music if you don't want to be famous. Yeah, that's true. You know, don't go make done. another album. And especially one with, like, Steve Albini, who, like, despite the fact that he will make your album sound dirty, is still a huge producer right. on a major record label. You
1: mm-hmm. know,
0: it's, like, it's a very contrary. Yeah. Also, Chuck Lushman said something about, like, him driving around in, like, fancy cars, and it was like, well, if you don't want to be famous, why are you using this fancy car? Mm-hmm. And he's not saying it's a bad thing. Like, he's not... Of course. He's not, he's not judging him by any means. He's just saying, like, some of the things you're saying, kind of not true. Yeah. Kind of run counter to the things you're actually doing. Yeah. And I don't mean this to say anything bad about Kurt Cobain, because I obviously love Nirvana. Yeah. And, you know, like Kurt Cobain. So, you know. Anyways. Other things. Any more tracks you want to talk about? No, it's just the two I okay. think. Okay. Um... I listened, you might have seen this on Sputnik's, actually, I don't know, None, Neither of the, I should have done both of these albums earlier on in the discussion, because I don't really have much to say about either of them. Okay. But, <laughs> well, I'd say we have to say. Yeah. you want to say. So because of this covers band I'm doing, you know, we've been doing a lot of like 90s songs. Mm-hmm. That's what we sort of started off on. We have, we have about eight or nine songs that we know at this point.
1: Cool.
0: And one of the songs was um, Teenage Dirtbag by Weezer. Do you know, teenage dirtbag. I'm assuming you do. I've maybe heard it before, early 2000s. I'm, sure. I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. It was I a pretty big song. I, I didn't really, ha- I didn't really know it that well either. Um, but it's actually like a really good, you know, late 90s, early 2000s like pop rock song that I like a lot. So I decided to check out their album, which is usually not a good thing to do with with like 90s one hit wonders. But it to do. It I think anyways. it's always a good thing to do in '90s one-hit wonders.
1: I think '90s one-hit wonders are some of the most overlooked album artists of all the one-hit wonders. I would think
0: that is true when ska was popular.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, but all, you know, a group like Digable Planets, a group yeah. like Blind Melon. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. You've
0: you've made your case. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I checked it out, and yeah, that album was not not nearly as good <laughs> mm, as that single. song is. I don't even remember what the album's called, and I'm not gonna look at it. I'm mm. not gonna look it up. I don't really care that much. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I should have. Not gonna. Right on. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of like mostly boring, mm-hmm. kind of conventional, and like not that exciting. Whereas Teenage Dirtbag is just catchy as fuck. Yeah. Catchy as fuck! And the other album I listened to, you might have seen this on the front page of Sputnik, it was by this band called Cherry Bomb. I did see it on they're of the 14, page of Sputnik. They're like 14, 15 year old, they're like a group of 14, 15 year old girls. Yeah, uh, and they took their name from a Runaways song. Yeah, and, you know, the, the analogs to Runaways are, are certainly not lost.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. So they
0: just came out with their, full, their first full-length, which is called This is the End of Control. And, like, the guy on Sputnik gave it a pretty good review, which made me really curious about it. And I yeah. listened to it, and, like, meh. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive that it's a bunch of 14, 15-year-old girls. Like, it's, like, pretty heavy.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, like like funky?
0: Fair- I, expect- I was expecting it to sound kind of like the Distillers- and it sounds a lot more, like, sort of mainstream than that. Like, yeah. Kind of like...
1: I'm sure they're a hard rock band. Yeah, they're just... Yeah, they're, they
0: like, a hard rock band. I just... I just guess... I I figured with all of, like, the comparisons to The Runaways, they would also kind of sound like The Runaways a bit. And they don't, really. Mm. Um, which is... Which is fine. Have you ever listened to The Donnas? No. Uh, yes! The Donnas Actually, are a cool band.
1: Yeah, they're really good. Runaways, yeah. homage, kind of yeah. band. Yeah, Julie
0: Julie likes The Donnas. Maybe she got into them a couple years a ago.
1: They that's really good.
0: Yeah, badass. <laughs> Yeah, The Donors are a cool band. I've heard some of their things. Anyways, so yeah, Cherry Bomb. They're okay. Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch
1: like Cherry Bomb. Yeah. It's a Good
0: tune. It is definitely a good tune. I've never really listened to the Runaways. They're
1: pretty sweet. Like their albums are boring. They're probably but cool. They're a sweet band.
0: Yeah. I kind of wanted to see that movie when it came out, mm. and then it didn't because I heard it wasn't that great. Yeah. Anyways. So yeah, it, like I think it's an impressive album. But not necessarily a great one. Cool. I don't really like the sound that they have. Mm. It's very like mainstream rock. Right. Not really my bag. Nor mine. Mm-hmm. You anything else to yeah. talk about? What's it to you? <laughs> it's everything to me. Everything. You're everything to me. Corey Gardner. Do we kiss now? Will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> oh! oh my gosh. <laughs> yes! Right. Yay! You heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> the two loud guys are two getting guys married. Two are getting
1: hitched. <laughs> oh, what are we doing? I
0: don't know. <laughs> this is a weird episode. Uh,
1: no, it's been a pretty normal episode. That was just a weird moment. I guess that's,
0: well, that's why it's been weird. It's been like the most normal episode, which I think is kind of weird.
1: I guess so. Right, we gotta start whipping on our next now. Hell yeah!
0: Okay, so I've been the First is- on-air blowjob. <laughs>
1: oh, jeez oh boy oh my
0: is that excitement no oh boy
1: yeah i guess it can be
0: all right <clears throat> so
1: i re-listened to uh judas priest's comeback album angel of retribution which came out in, like 2004 or something yep. and it was after you know rob Halford had been gone since they made painkiller in 1990 and that they reunited and uh that album is disappointing Because it has the potential to be much more than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. But as it stands, it's just an album with a few really good songs on it. Which is impressive enough, kind of. Like, it's cool that they were able to make something that sounded that heavy, but not really pandering, and not really, you know, kind of sounding stale or anything. While still adhering to certain, to a very particular kind of Judas Priest formula. Mm -hmm. I think... Firstly, the opener track, Judas Rising, is like one of the baddest ass tracks they've ever made. So that's cool. Uh, Bad- ass, a lot of badass-ist? tracks. Bad-assist, I Baddest ass? Baddest ass track. I don't know. Anyways. But, but yeah, that's a good song. And uh, and a lot of the other songs in the album, or a few of the other ones, are kind of just a bit too poppy. And it's really unfortunate, because it's like, they're still really heavy, and they're still not poppy in the way some of... The priest's shitty '80s material was, mm-hmm. but they're just a little too, I don't know, like bland and melodic. Uh, but the best moments of that album, which I guess is still kind of unfortunate, all harken back to Painkiller in 1990, and none of them do are as effective as anything on Painkiller was. Mm-hmm. When was right, the album uh, from again? You say 2004. How does Rob Halford sound? He's you know he still sounds great. Yeah, he's all an excellent right. vocalist. And there's like there's one there's one ballad on there that's really really. Bad and like he almost sounds like he's a backstreet boy on it, which is really, really weird and unsettling. <laughs> but then there's another ballad called Angel, which sounds a lot like their 70s ballads, and I really like their 70s ballads, so it's a really cool track. All right. And then there's this like 13 minute long epic song called Loch Ness that's actually about the Loch Ness. That sounds songs. badass. It's pretty cool. It's not a bad track. It's all right. 13 minute song, but like, yes, yeah, sign me up. And you know, the next album they released was this like two disc album, and it was a concept album about Nostradamus. And it was really not very great, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think... Because it's so not kind of what Judas Priest do best.
0: Yeah, I also I also feel like Judas Priest is not the, like... They can't capture the sound of what I would imagine Nostradamus... Right, because they're not... The Nostradamus
1: story would sound yeah, like. if anybody, it should obviously be Iron Maiden. And in a sense, like, this album is even... The album which is called Nostradamus has been compared to Iron Maiden's... Uh, uh, concept album Seven Son of Seven Son because they're both about like prophecies and stuff, mm-hmm. except that the maiden album was much more effective.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: But yeah, the priest rule, though. I love those guys. A few weeks, you know, when I was listening, to I was those, waiting. I
0: knew, it. like, I, I let you, I let you have that silence because
1: I knew that you were gonna keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Uh, like a few weeks ago, when I was listening to all those Iron Maiden albums, you jokingly refer to Iron Maiden as my new kiss, but really, it's
0: Judas Priest who have become my new kiss. I see. Fair enough. Yeah, that's good. Is it? I guess it's good. Yeah, it's all it's right. not. It's not bad.
1: At the end of the day, Kiss is still my new kiss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> kiss will always be your old your your past, present, and future kiss. <laughs> yeah. Um I love Ace Freely a
1: lot. Oh okay, yeah, you've been reading his book, right? I finished it. I skipped a lot of it. Really? A lot of it because because I was really mostly interested in the bits of, you know, of kiss stuff that I could glean from it. Like, whereas, you know, it's kind of A lot of it, I just felt like it was all the same kind of old rock memoir stories. And that's cool because it stays freely and stuff. But it's like, I don't, you know, how many times do I need to read about the crazy situations you got into while on coke or trying to get coke or whatever. So, it's sort of like, I'd sort of skim a lot until I kind of saw, like, the word kiss or Gene Simmons on a page.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or Starman. Yeah. (laughs) Cool.
1: Uh, But, yeah, there were some interesting things that I got out of it. Um... And just the fact, like, I, I really like the, there's this one great thing where he's kind of going on about, uh, about kind of, uh, you know, how he still like loves those guys and stuff, but Gene and Paul are both just so uptight and it was always so difficult for him to deal with that. And, and, uh, and he just kind of like ends this chapter with, but you know, I'll just say what I actually think about them. They're a bunch of filthy rotten whores. <laughs> it, it's really great. He's That's a cool, cool guy. What does this really do now? He's still a musician, he's just
0: been doing solo stuff since the 80s. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he has enough money from Kiss that he doesn't, like, necessarily need to be making more I, music. I don't know if
1: that's true, because I feel like it's sort of one of those... Firstly, I don't think he gets any Kiss checks.
0: Bullshit. I don't
1: know. No he, bullshit, he to I guess does. he must, but, I, you know, he's still... It's one of those rock star stories of the rock star who blew everything he had on... Oh, yeah? On a, you know... But he also, lifestyle.
0: Like, first off, he definitely gets royalties anytime I guess, any I of his guess he must. Secondly, he must have some kind of hold on, like, the Starman costume and, like, any merchandise. And even Spaceman. Yes, he sorry. doesn't. He doesn't. That's it.
1: the issue. That's why, because otherwise, like, him and Peter Chris do not own their costumes. That, really? They're owned by, like, the Kiss Enterprise. And that's why Gene huh. and Paul were able to put new people in the makeup. And that's why it pisses the originals off so much, because they did create their own makeup.
0: That was a grave oversight on their part, though, to to be like, yeah, Yeah. man, this is our likeness. Like, you know, when you're buying a Spaceman toy, you are buying an Ace Frehley toy. Right. You know.
1: But I think, like, what's really interesting and kind of illuminating with history, you know, because he obviously goes to places where Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley would not really, like, talk to the press about... And this kind of idea of how, when they started out, it really was a democracy, and more and more, it be, you know, Gene and Paul kind of took over, and so, I guess they kind of just fucked those guys out of the rights to their makeup. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, they're ruthless businessmen. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Kiss. But Ace Frehley, you know, his book is called No Regrets, and I think he lives with no regrets. <laughs> I hope so. He still has the best solo album.
0: Yeah. I guess that's how he comes out on top, right? Yeah, exactly. When put to my own devices, I am the best one. Yeah, none of you guys. It's
1: true. All the fans know it, and he knows it. Yeah. Um, I said last week would be the last thing I'd say about Kiss. Never. But they still. I knew that. Everyone everyone knew that
0: was bullshit. Don't be crazy. Um, I didn't even
1: say what I actually wanted to say because it was like there were so many ideas. It's like, on one hand, all I actually wanted to talk about that week was the Ace Freely solo album. But then, like, I also got onto all these kind of like other ideas I had been thinking <laughs> and trying to make them coherent, but, like, couldn't. And it was pretty crazy. I apologize for that one. That was just one of my worst So, what's the thing that you actually ever. wanted to say? I, I don't know yet. I, okay. I'll get there. Working on one. it? Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, I did actually listen to one other thing, which is good because it means that I get to end off on something that I will actually have things to say about, which is that um, I recently, I, you know, I, I listen to LCD Sound System. They're, yeah. like, a band that I I pretty much like. <laughs> pretty pretty much. much. I think they have a lot of really great songs, but I'll get into that. So I was working out the other day, and I was like, okay, i got to pick some good workout music. LCD Sound System will probably fit the bill. So I listened to their second album, Sound of Silver, and that is a really good album. It's, like, very, like, European dancey, more so than any of their other stuff. Cool. Um, it's probably their most consistent album, and it doesn't really get good until, like, the, the the third song or so, and a lot of the songs are really long for no reason other than, like, while well, they're dance songs, so they should go on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fair. Yeah, which is totally fair, because that's, you know, the kind of thing that they're trying to get at. Yeah. So, yeah, that album's pretty cool. Um, and I also listened to their... to This Is Happening, which is, like, their, their last album. And that album's also, like, pretty cool. I, I find myself, like, growing... Like, liking LCD sound system more and more, whereas I still feel, but I still feel like they don't, most of their albums are not great. Mm -hmm. They have three full-length albums and one, like, 45-minute long track. That is also its own album, but it's kind of, you know. Uh, I haven't listened to that one yet. I tried to, but the the version I had of it was not complete. So, what was I saying? I forget (laughs) I have fucking mine. you Yep, there. I know that. <laughs> uh, Maybe you forgot that. Shit. <sighs> Their albums are good, or <laughs> bad, or not great. I don't remember. Uh, okay, yeah. It's like me when I talk about kids. God damn it! I just, I just forget what I was saying. Man, this would be so frustrating for people who are going to listen to this because yeah. they're going to know. <laughs> <laughs> they'll know what I was talking about, and they'll be like, "You idiot! You were talking about this," and I'll be like, I don't "Well."
1: It's too late to go back.
0: Anyways. You can't turn back time. So yeah, LCD sound system are an okay band. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait. Okay, I'm coming back to you. I like them more and more. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about them, I guess. I guess I've run out of things that I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty incoherent episode for me. Yeah. Kind of just been... Putting out blanket statements on things. You've
1: got you've kind of been me this episode. Yeah, I have. I've been really <laughs> rambly.
0: And not good. I'm sorry, I've been like I'm like off my game. <laughs> That's cool. My bad. Anyways.
1: It's some of the acid rubbing off on you.
0: That must be it. <laughs> I didn't take acid people. Just 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 so you know. Like Neither I to, did I. <laughs> I have to put out that disclaimer. <laughs> um <clears throat> All right. Well, yeah. LCD Sound System, I guess. Sam Silver's a good album. And that's all I got. News? Sure. <laughs> I have some news. News was shit this week. Yeah, there's no. It was a terrible, terrible year for news. That year. <laughs> a week. Yeah. So a couple things. The BC Boys had like did record some music with Adam Yauk uh, in the late in late 2011. They didn't say that they're going to release it or anything, they just said that they recorded some.
1: Mm.
0: Like, apparently they weren't sure, like or like, he wasn't sure if he wanted to do vocals on it, and then he was like, no, nope, I'm going to do them. So, th- that's floating around out there. <sighs> they also, oh, they, in the same interview, they also said that they're probably going to keep going, but like, not as Beastie Boys. Mm, that's good. That's like, kind of, that's exactly what I yeah, expected them like, to do. Yeah, like... They are probably going to make new music, but they will not call themselves the Beastie Boys, which is how it should be. Yeah, it's the only way. Pretty much can be.
1: Yeah, like, they know that. I think they've kind of acknowledged in these interviews what I already knew, which was that MCA was, for all intents and purposes, the leader of the group. Yeah, you really can't have the
0: Beastie Boys without him. Yeah, sure. Uh, MySpace is relaunching cause, like MySpace is still around, but like it's you know no one really it's uses gonna be it anymore. Like a, it's going to be retooled. Yeah, they've been working on it for a while. Um, you know, re- there was a lot of publicity because Justin Timberlake uh, bought – didn't buy MySpace, but bought a sizable chunk of it mm. along with this other um, advertising agency called Specific Media. So they're going to be relaunching it, and uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like the time has passed. Like, I feel like there's – MySpace was a thing that, like, sort of started the social media thing. Yeah, yeah. And then it be, started be, to become a really good tool for musicians. And then it sort of started changing around, and they kept adding things and changing things, and it just got like worse and worse and worse. And it never really recovered from that. And there still it hasn't really been a good replacement for it. Like, you know, Facebook has band pages and stuff, but they don't—they don't really have a good way to upload music to it or like and catalog it. Right. Bandcamp has been taking over, and Bandcamp is actually a really great website. Like it's really easy to use, and it's awesome. But it sort of lacks the networking element. Like you can't really talk to people on Bandcamp because mm. it's just for releasing your music. Yeah, it's for releasing your music, and like you can, you know, you have a website and stuff, and you put like you know a booking address and, and that kind of thing, and people can reach you. But you, you don't really have that direct contact that you would have on Facebook and MySpace. At the same time, the big problem that happened with MySpace is that eventually it ended up being like that random bands would just add other random bands and then send them like spam emails Mm -hmm. of like, hey, thanks for adding us, friend. Here's some music. Check it out. And it would just be like this horrible thing that it would be, it was like really bad. Like MySpace was always kind of unorganized and not the best, but you know, no other website has really taken over its spot. So I would be open to MySpace coming out like, if they keep focusing on the music aspect of it, I think it's it could be retooled in a good way. So that's going to happen uh, at the end of the year. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Myspace, whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> um, what else do we have? What else do we have here? Oh, Tom Gable played uh, – all well, I mean, see, this is always the weird thing because I don't know. Call her Laura. I mean, yeah, I guess it's Laura now, right? Yeah, so Laura, but then, but if I, if I just say Laura Jane Grace, no one knows who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So the Laura woman Jane Grace, formerly known as Tom yeah, Gable. who who was Tom Gable, played her first show with Against Me um, mm-hmm. a little while ago on May 25th, which was uh, last Friday. There, I was hoping that there would be video of it, but there isn't, and there aren't even any pictures or anything. Apparently, she she didn't like address the sex change at all, Correct. or I guess like they're not she's not fully changed yeah. yet, but like she's on the. Uh, the hormones and whatever, and she's getting surgery. Well, I read shortly. this thing
1: where part of that was because, like, maybe like, they were opening up for the cult, and so it was oh, they were cult fans and Against Me fans. Okay. So, sort of like, it. I think the journalist who I read that said that kind of said that, like, you know, maybe it wasn't the right time for a heart-to-heart...
0: Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see how she sounded. Like, do you oh, think she right, sounds she the same? Just
1: like Tom Gable. But she also hasn't, you know, like you said, hasn't really completed the transformation yet.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: I like the thing that she said in the interview where she was kind of, like, she said that she was worried because she thought that people were expecting her to come out looking like Little Bo Peep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I imagine there wasn't, there weren't too many problems because, like, um, she's never, like, in the past of Against Me, she has never been, like, a talker, Mm -hmm. like, Against Me, whenever a band that talked to the audience very much, they'd sort of speak through their music and their lyrics and that kind of thing, so... Yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought I just thought that was like a thing worth mentioning. Yeah. That like it was a thing that happened.
1: Yeah. It's slow news week.
0: Yeah, yeah, really slow news week. Um, the last thing is that Flaming Lips are going after Jay Z's world record. Right. I read of that. Um, the of of most most concerts played uh, within a twenty four hour time period. So Jay Z played in seven major major cities within twenty four hours. Flaming Lips are gonna go for eight. And they will be streaming it live. Streaming, I guess, the whole 24 hours, I suppose, and mm. following them going from destination to destination, which is kind of funny and cool. Yeah. So that's going to happen on June 24th. And, uh yeah, Flaming Lips doing more crazy shit. Yeah,
1: that's what they're all about And now. nothing of substance. <laughs> Just, as Tao put it, making music about acid.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's... It's weird. It is weird. I, I like it. it.
1: I've come to really accept it, especially because I guess I was never a big Flaming Lips fan in the first place. But, like, I'm totally cool with their new gimmick.
0: I'm not really. I'm, I'm not really yeah, cool with it. Yeah, because you're a at fan of there, so I understand why you wouldn't be. Because now, now it's like the Flaming Lips. Like, mm-hmm. the Flaming Lips, what the Flaming Lips stood for in the 90s was, like, really cool, unique, like, alternative rock. Mm-hmm. Then in the 2000s, what they got known for was, like, really cool, unique, and conceptual. Like adult pop music, mm-hmm. and now they're sort of like the Flaming Lips are just sort of like those wacky guys. Yeah, I just those guys hippies. doing wacky experiments.
1: Yeah, and I just yeah, I can understand why as a fan that would upset. Yeah, me. and it's just it's it's like a really, I used to think it was dumb and gimmicky, but now like I sort of had to come around to realize I don't even like them that much. So I so I'm cool with it. It's just I it's like it's a neat.
0: weird thing. It's it's a weird thing to do after, especially a. Between, like, how cohesive of a band they are. Like, all of their albums are very cohesive sound-wise. Except for At now. War With The Mystics, which is a shitty album. Yeah. Um, I don't like that album. No, it's horrible. It's a bad album. There's but a, I really
1: like... Uh, I always really liked uh, Radicals. Free Radicals. That song is horrible, but it's I like it. It's a bad it. song, but it's a really yeah. funny
0: song. Yeah, like I, There's some good... Like, I like that... Um, you know, I, I've always liked the A.A.S. Yeah song. Yeah, that's I think that song's song. cool. Um, Pompeii, um, Goddardung, or whatever it's called, is really good. Mm. The Wand is okay... I heard a track yesterday off of the Gummy Skull, skull EP. EP. Was it good? I it was actually a really cool track. I didn't listen to any of their EPs. I guess I
1: should. I should listen to those EPs. It was, you know, it was a very kind of like electronic kind of sure. track. Like, a, like it sounded like the kind of thing you would expect this festival version, you know, this festival yeah. hippie acid version of Flaming Lips to be playing. Yeah. But it was kind of neat. Yeah. Did I you guess hear about those EPs,
0: those EPs were at least real music.
1: Yeah. So that's yeah. good. Did you hear about Jack White's new record that he's trying to set? No. I don't know if this is a recent thing or if it's an old thing that I saw recently and I'm remembering as a recent thing. <laughs> but is that I think like in the, I think it's recent because I think it was like for his solo shows, he's trying to set a new Guinness record for most metaphors in a show.
0: How is that possible?
1: What do you mean? Like is
0: that is that a record that already exists?
1: Maybe, but if it isn't then I guess he would be the first one to that set just it. It just sounds like a joke. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That doesn't sound like an actual thing. Most Guinness records sound like a joke. That's a good point. <laughs> I'll give you that much. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so what would he do? He would just be like, Oh, audience, you are like a sea. That's a simile. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, audience, you are a lake of fire. Yeah, maybe. Is maybe that, that's what he would do. That's sad, That's preposterous. I didn't
1: really read the article. I just saw a headline.
0: Well, you can't do that because headlines are never what the story is actually about. <laughs> I guess that rarely, if ever, happens. An entertainment. But I don't news. know. They're not to just
1: sound. You know, I was like, that's Jack White being a shit disturber that he is. I guess he's not really that much
0: of a shit disturber.
1: But I mean, that's kind of like he's almost being like the Flaming Lips in the way that he's been kind of you know, just presenting himself as this weird, mad genius who just kind of yeah. does crazy stuff. But then he
0: also releases, like, really good albums. Sure, sure. So, you know, it kind of evens out. But still,
1: he is totally being a shit disturber by, you know, collaborating with the Insane Clown Posse. I guess so.
0: You're right. Like, you know, he's not dumb. He obviously knows Yeah. the clout, that, you know, who the Insane Clown Posse hangs with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Um, Beck is Beck is actually releasing a, a, a single on on his label. Like, cool. one of those, like, blue singles, I guess. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I read about that, actually. Yeah, that will probably be okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's it. That's what we got for news. All right. Slow News Week. What uh, time is it? Well, hold on, hold on. We got an email. I don't know if I want to address it this week or next week, though. Like, well, we have we're the time. We're in. Let's
1: do it next week. Okay, we'll do it next week. And so, unless, unless it's particularly relevant today. It's
0: not. So sorry Sammy. There was also there was actually some research that I wanted to do into it that I did not do. Okay. So yeah. Next week we will have an email for sure. And that's all. So, this has been Two Loud Guys. Um, if you want to follow along, we will have links posted up on two You can email us at our um, email address, which is 2LoudGuys at gmail.com, and email us some questions or comments or whatever the fuck you want to email us. So, for May 28th, I'm Daniel Korn. And I'm Cory Gardner. This has been Too Loud, guys. We'll catch you next week. Same bat time, same bat place. Too
1: loud, guys. Too loud, guys. One,
0: two, three, four. Too loud, guys. Too loud, guys.